Hey guys, before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to our level three courses. Wem and I tried to sit down and do some big swanky radio advert and it's just not us. So I'm just going to chat about it for a minute. So our level three training is the same price as some other courses out there where you just get five days and you are out the door, do your coursework on your own. Our course for the same price is 10 days of training. So for our May cohort, that's five days. And then we have a bit of a month off to just let that settle. We come back for a weekend, maybe do a bit of camping. Then we have a bit more time off and then we come back for another weekend. With the September group, we do five Mondays starting in September. Then we have a bit of a break. Then we come back in the new year and do another five. So we're really like focusing on building community as we go. We didn't really want to do that, like, conveyor belt thing. We could be doing, you know, a level three course every school holiday, banging them out, off you go. But we don't want to do that. We do Zoom calls throughout the year. We do loads of, like, cohort, you know, community building sessions and stuff to help people with what they're doing. And that means that we want to do it well rather than doing lots of it. So we're trying to help people do that. And we're also really big on this community aspect. And we found that people not only find the course easier to do in terms of workload but also easier to do emotionally when they do it with somebody they already know so to try and encourage that we're doing a train together kind of offer so if you and someone else you know sign up to do the course with us together we'll give you some money off your course because we found that it the uh, success rate is much higher people are much happier while they're doing the course and it makes our life easier as tutors because you know happy students, motivated students, we're all kind of getting on together. So if you want to be part of a community rather than just being put through a conveyor belt, then have a look at our website. It goes to myforestschooltraining.co.uk. That'll take you to the Children of Forest website and uh, you can go from there, get your application in and uh, join our communities. So on with the podcast. I'm Wem. And I'm Lewis. This is the Forest School Podcast. Let's go! Hey folks, right, so before we get into today's episode, I have a few quick announcements to deal with for the class. Um, first one is that Wem and I are going to be at the uh, FSA conference this year in Danbury. Um, we're doing the same things we did last year, which is that we're going to wander around, we're going to try and interview some people, but we're also going to try and like capture the vibe, all the vibes, man, the vibes of what's going on. Um, so if you can't make it to the conference then fear not because we'll have like a a massive bumper episode of things you can listen to and if you are going to be there then come and find us and come and have a chat i'm going to be wearing my absolutely vile massive pink hoodie with the podcast logo on and i'll be walking around with a big microphone so come and grab one of us and say hi and um you know really like meeting and uh, chatting with you guys and uh the other thing to say is that uh, we are fully booked on our September Level 3 course, which is about to start in a couple of weeks, um, and we are starting to take all our bookings for the May course in 2023, which seems a bit scary now to be planning things for 2023, but there it is, and people are already booking in and uh, starting to do that thing where they can pay just a little bit every month because it's, 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 it's a whack of money, and I know not everybody has that to go, so we made it a bit easier. can do it piecemeal, bit by bit by bit. And while you're paying bit by bit by bit, you can get, like get a jump start on your training, like listening to this podcast. We've had some people who have done our training uh, come on the Level 3 course and they said, oh, I've listened to all your podcasts. And it's great because it's like a shortcut in for two-thirds of the Level 3. We just go like, oh, yeah, you know, oh, they talk about that and they already know this stuff. It's great. It's absolutely great. Um, so, yeah, this week, Wem and I are talking about last 
uh, episode, we talked to, or I talked to Lara, and uh, towards the end, the conversation of Warplay came up. We had quite a few messages about that, so we thought, well, let's do a, a whole episode about that one. Um, so, yeah, enjoy. Kinds of hammocky noises. I don't know if we'll get hammocks. I don't know if there are. Do you think there's going to be hammocky noises? What, like, you mean from the hammocks or us going, yeah. oh, we're old. Oh, oh dear. Both. Oh, yeah. I don't think we get that many hammocky noises. Okay. They deal with all the other noises, like the birds and the wind and the rain and the. Sometimes I listen back to the recordings and I'm like, this is a sensory nightmare. Yeah. Of like, as I can only apologise when it rains. That just the. Yeah. I can only apologise. It's hard. It's hard. There's not a cloud. No clouds are allowed in the sky. Today. And do you know what I thought when I was driving in? What? So, pros and cons of. Con was this week the um, hedge macerator. Hedge uh, flail. Flail. Yeah. Uh, did the tractors. Edge, the tractors, tractors did the edge of the field, which is at the bottom of our woods, and like, I reckon it was flinging sticks, what, a good 10 metres into the woods? 20, 20 metres? It was, you know, we had to like not go near the edge of the woods when it was coming past. Um, and it always makes me, you know, go, oh, it's such a violent act, like, and you hear it going past and stuff. But, uh, on the plus side, this morning, clear blue sky, and because they've done lots of the hedges around here, it looks like all of the, in a very Victorian way, it looks like all the lands had a good short back and sides. Yes. It looks very neat. Yes. And all the hedge, especially in Devon, like, our hedges are quite tall, or they get quite tall. So when they cut them all back, it's like you can suddenly see when you're driving. You're not driving in a tunnel. Yes, um, which is always quite useful. Yes. Well, some, is it Bill Bryson said that Devon is like a disconnected county because because of all the hills and the high hedge banks, you leave your village, you drive in a tunnel, and then you pop out of the next village, mm. as opposed to a flat area of land where you can see the next village is X far away and you feel connected to them and you see stuff. You know, Devon is a... Mm. In the world of driving, maybe, but I mean, in the olden days with all the footpaths, which are always there. That's true. When you look at That's maps, true. they have evolved to be connections between villages mm -hmm. and routes between villages and like market towns. Yes. And then, then you can see. I like Devon's roads because occasionally you're driving along and you see one where they've made the road, and then someone 300 years ago went, "I'm not moving my house. I'm not moving. I'm not moving this field a, a square foot for you." And so the road has to do like these weird right angles. Just be like, nah, yeah. not giving that bit up. Yeah. It's amazing. I love it. Yeah. Um, I'm, in a, I'm in a quite chilled out, glorious space. It feels like an odd topic to be talking about war. It does. But maybe this is the good, maybe this is the, excuse the scrunchy noise, the hammock noises. Maybe this is the strike when the iron's cold, you know? Yeah. Like. Maybe it is. The best chilled space to talk about something that can be. And uh, let's say at the least an emotive subject. Yes, definitely. So um, you were talking with Lara, weren't you, from uh, Ottawa the other day? Yes. And talking about Warplay a little bit. And then you mentioned that it came up in another episode. And then we had listeners going, which other episode? We had, we had quite a few people going, and this sounds great. Can you tell me which one? Which um, and then we realised there wasn't one exclusive on Warplay. We just sort of bring it up now and again. Um, and we've chatted a bit about it on social media. Mm -hmm. It's a post that we put out. Um, so we thought we'd just do a post, uh, a 
an episode just about warplay. And I guess, can we, should we start by like defining what warplay is? Because yes, that was one of my notes. Great. What, what, well, you do yours and then I'll do mine. Well, okay, before I do what I would define it as, I think it's really interesting that you see some, uh, especially like early years, childcare settings, um, outright, and schools, outright banning warplay and also superhero play. Mm-hmm. And then putting those two categories kind of together as equal kind of bad things that should not yeah. be done, should not be played. Um, and lots of, st- you know, stuff that you can read about like, oh, what do I do when the kids in my care are like really obsessed with superhero play? I think maybe it came up in that Vivian Gutton Paley book that we yeah, that we read, You Can't Say You Can't Play, um, about superhero play. I think there's quite a lot of stuff in there. And it just being automatically like bad, like superhero play is bad. Oh my God, mm-hmm. they're obsessed with it. They're stuck in a rut with it. They can't get out of it, blah, blah, blah. So I just thought that was an interesting point to make that though, that those two topics often get sort of scrunched together. Um, so I guess we've all hear war play they kind of think about like playing with weapons playing with guns I would say that's the kind of first thing that people imagine not so much interestingly like bows and arrows and swords and shields like those will be like lots and lots of people would have issue with kids playing with especially like realistic looking plastic or metal toy guns these days. Mm-hmm. Yet you will go to like a really lovely shop in like a National Trust property, you know, like mm-hmm. beautiful yeah. stately home, I've beautifully summer, outdoor yes. gardens, loads of like outdoor activities for kids, lots of nature connection for kids. And in those wholesome shops will be wooden bows and arrows, swords, shields. Crossbows. We went to Tintagel this summer, my family. Yeah. And there's a full working crossbow and um, suit of, like, it wasn't real, obviously, like, pretend chainmail armour. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like a tabard thing of chainmail and yeah. helmets. And yeah. Yeah. So when people are worrying about war play, which is completely normal for us as adults to get kind of concerned about, you know, the kids that we're looking after, either our own children or the children we're looking after as part of our jobs and are we doing the right thing and are we kind of supporting them in the right way and putting in any boundaries that need to be put in there so it's perfectly you know it shows that we're reflective practitioners if we're thinking about these questions for sure rather than just going oh whatever um but you don't often see people worrying about play with those items mm-hmm. it's you see them worrying about realistic looking guns or perhaps the tone of the play so you know playing in the woods for example with a group of children and then it becoming about so I would include in war play things like you know this group's built a den this other group's built a den and now they're going to be raiding each other's dens or Mm -hmm. they're going to be sneaking up to attack Um, and you can imagine you can kind of hear in your mind's in your mind's ear that's not a phrase but I just made it up in your mind's ear like the tone of the voices in that type of play the kind it's of like deep tribalism isn't it that, yeah there's like thing. come on like there's the kind of stealthy plan making aspect of it and then the sneaking up and then there's the kind of outrage that has happened or the shrieking that they're being attacked and you know that kind of play i would still kind of put that in the category of war play um mm. so things about capturing other people's staff or people for example we've had that here you know would the you, aim of the game is to capture this person and kidnap them. And Would you also put in 
um, uh, the like training and preparation stage of stuff because quite often that's not sometimes it doesn't even result in any den going to see another den the game is like we're in front of our den treehouse whatever we're like training up let me teach you these moves let me show you the moves okay and we're gonna make traps and we're gonna, like and it never culminates in like an oh, attack or the absolutely. ambush but it's yeah. but is so I'd count that in would I you? would too um, which makes it all the more I'm gonna move my hammock now it's gonna be noisy um, all the more interesting and strange when you're talking about proposing an outright ban on warplay mm -hmm. are you gonna ban that stage like, where do you decide when warplay begins and ends? Like, I d there are well, these settings, like, yeah. so many settings have a ban on warplay. Um, and how do you, yeah, because I would definitely, you know, that happened this week, didn't it? Oh, was it last week? Last week, when uh, I was asked to be the enemy in mm -hmm. a game. And then I kept coming back up the hill and chatting with you about how mm. it was going. Um, I happen to be a giant crow, by the way, a giant magical enchanted crow. Do you want to show crow. them your noise? Do you think you can do it in a hammock? I've been oh, working on it all week, so I think I might do it in a, in a bit. I've got a bit of a cold, so my throat okay. isn't going to do the normal <laughs> thing. Um, but a lot of that was exactly that planning, and then and then the kids going, okay, so you want this, but we don't want you to have that. So what happens is, if I do this gesture, that means that the ground shakes and then you fall over. But unless if I do this, then it means this. But you can do this, but you can't do this. But you are allowed a magic, you know. And it was all about that. And then I had to really, really sensitively gauge: do they actually want me to come down? Yeah. And if so like when like and I kept mm. just like sneakily looking because there was so much play happening where they were communicating with each other you did this and I'll do this okay cool but then blah 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 it's like if I attack now if I just take it at face value they've asked me to attack and they've told me I can use this weapon or whatever then I'm killing all of this amazing stuff that's happening mm -hmm. so how long can I kind of draw it out before they actually really do want the kind of conflict part you know if ever if ever if, if ever yeah I always think that's one of the successes of like the sandbox type games like Minecraft in that like it's different to like the like Modern Warfare 2 or something like that where it's just like you're in a fight you're in a fight and you're in a fight but something like Minecraft where it's like this will happen every 10 minutes so you have prep phase then you have like tense phase prep phase and that flow is so useful for developing your um, interception of like, oh, it's happening and I'm feeling tense, but I know it's yeah. gonna come, oh, and then it comes down and I get a chance to recover. When it do, yeah. when you get no respite, that's when it's, I think, tricky. Yeah. Um, so we, you, you very helpfully looked up a load of articles, um, which you and I have just done that, doing our homework in tutor period thing, which you've literally just read them before we turn the microphone on. Um, one of them was a Guardian article, which was like a Guardian um, debate, yeah. sort of back and forth between two practitioners who yep. work in childcare. Uh, specifically nurseries, which is interesting, I thought, for this thing. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the points made in there in, in favour of warplay, or sort of questioning it, was asking whether zero-tolerance approaches are an avoidance tactic by adults, mm. and sort of saying that there's that warplay is this hugely complex beast, if you include all the things of the prep play, the tribalism, the power and identity, the hierarchies that come and saying... And making stuff. And making stuff and sort of 
positing the question, like, is zero tolerance actually for the children or for the adults? You know, is it just an easy way? And I'm not, I'm not accusing anyone. I'm just, I think it's an interesting point to raise that, like, whenever uh, a, an opinion is, like, easier for the adult, I think it needs, like, extra scope to be, like, uh, extra sort of scrutiny to be like, just double check. Is it easier for everyone yeah. or easier for the... And, like, th I think that's really interesting to... And, and because lots of forest school practice is not in the very luxurious position of being unwatched. We don't have head teachers coming to watch what we're doing here. We have all the time in the world because we're such a long-term programme. Um, if you're doing forest school for six weeks in a school and you've got outcomes to deliver, do you have the luxury of being able to go, okay, this might need eight weeks of working out the inner intricacies and like maybe... And observing. And observing, actually. And so that's a really interesting one. Can I just interject just yeah, really quickly there? About um, a blanket ban being easier for the adult and that needing extra scrutiny. And I totally think that that's part of being a reflective pra practitioner and especially when you're working with so much free play, child-led play, um, about kind of, and we talk about that on our level three training about the types of play that make you personally feel uncomfortable mm -hmm. and how you can address that and like interrogate, you know, without trying to get all kind of like. Oh, we get them on a oh. chaise lounge and we sit there and go, so tell me about your childhood. Exactly, we don't want to go there, right? We're not, <laughs> <laughs> we're not trained therapists. Um, but not, but you know, for your own, pres like preserving your own safety, you're emotional, part of the group. you're part, you're of, the group. part of the group. So it's yeah. not that we're, it's not going it's not okay to be uncomfortable with this play and you just have to suck it up because it's good for the children like you know it might be triggering for you to watch this kind of play for a huge host of reasons and that doesn't mean it's wrong to feel that way um it just but it but it might mean you know hopefully it might benefit from some unpicking at, a, at another time or, not in the moment yes and especially some assistance from other practitioners yeah. in terms of like if you can't deal with that right now but you've got the kind of open-mindedness uh, as a practitioner as a human working with children to go okay I'm finding this really hard but I can see that the kids are actually getting a lot out of this this isn't just blanket ban territory because I can see there's some uh, positives there to be able to fall back on a on a team member and go okay I can't I can't be the first and closest person to this right now mm -hmm. um, do you mind stepping up and, and doing it that's I just wanted to say that there in terms well, of I a, had exactly yeah. that with you uh, a couple of years ago now where um, uh, there was some war play going on. Uh, some of the t so one of the things I do want to touch on is that like quite often we will do what I I refer to as like lightning rodding. Yeah. We go there's this war play happening, but and this is what I think is really interesting is like nobody in right now is in a space where they can be the less powerful ones, but the play still needs to happen. There's some people that need this power play, but nobody needs the low status yeah play. or like some kids who kind of naturally fall into that role i think that's a really interesting yes. point to make about when you're observing especially over a long period of time is it always the same kids who are sure. playing that role is it the same kid always who is being the baddie and if it is is that okay what is actually going on there mm -hmm. are they in that baddie role because they genuinely feel like they're able to do it and they're happy to contribute that element to the play a bit like we might do mm -hmm. um, for whatever reason or is it because they it is to do with their own kind of self-image and self-worth or the view of the rest of the group 
that the rest of the group have of them and to be really flipping attentive to that and yeah. be ready as you're about to say about being the lightning rod so sorry, yeah sorry. so to go yeah to step in and be like okay i will unite you all against a common enemy which is me basically because like my skin is the thickest i'll take all of the hits i'll let you work this out mm-hmm. not fi- i mean sometimes physically hits but hopefully not normally physically hits um but uh what i was going to say you were was saying a couple of years ago yes yeah, so yeah. a couple of years ago normally look i love the children we work with but I mean, they are not the well-organised militia that they think they are, right? They are an absolute <laughs> shitstorm. Every, we've been doing this for years and years and years, and always it's like 20 minutes of planning the most insane trap system. You go down here, we'll flank them, and then you arrive, and the whole thing falls to shit because one kid gets, runs out and goes like, I've got laser powers! <laughs> and the whole, and it's all, anyway. But um, we did once have where they genuinely got organised, and someone was at the front, and they got the kids to line up, and he was marching, mar- um, shouting, always going, right, and a real militaristic yes. tone of voice, right, line up, attention, and they all and lined up and faced me. using their own me. personal interests and research yes, and stuff that they've yes, done yes, yes, to yes, yes, yes. back this up. Yeah. Um, and it scared the living shit out of me. Mm. And I could, and it moved into an area of play where I was like, I can't do this. Mm. It's, it's genuinely scary seeing them organised and seeing the way he was shouting at them. And I, and I had to just go to you and go, I can't be in this play for a minute. I just need to go and like yeah. regroup and assess what it is. Yeah. And actually I was okay with it once I'd come back, but because it happened organically and I got there, mm. much like the children, mm. I just needed to hold up a hand and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Too much for me right Too now. Too much for me right now. I just need to go process. And yeah. And can I point out that also, and we've talked, we have talked about this in the podcast. This is one of those things where we've talked about it in a previous episode, but not on topic maybe, where... <laughs> Us? If you don't mind, no? I'm sure we talked about this before, but I hope you don't mind me bringing it up because it's kind of your story. But sure. a, a couple of months ago where you were just like, up in the morning circle, if we're playing that game, I, I'm not in a place oh, yeah. to play that right now. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it wasn't because it was particularly militaristic. It was just about your state of mind at the time yeah, and yeah. what was going on, you know, and, um, and it, that's kind of highlighting two different practitioner approaches there in terms of the militaristic, your response, your like gut response to the militaristic mm-hmm. thing. Would it have been appropriate for you to storm on on there going, whoa, 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 no, this is not okay. We're not playing this right now. No, it, like how would that child who was leading that play have felt if you had yeah, done that with that like authority thing, and power yeah. gone, the thing that you're really interested in and now you're getting to play out and experience and see what it actually feels like rather than just watching it on TV, actually getting to do it. How is that feeling and how is that feeling for other people and how do you, what's the response to that and la, mm. la, la. For you to just go and go, no, not allowed. Like that would have been really damaging for that child um, as opposed to you uh, up front bridging. going you know, in the other scenario just going personally I'm not in a place to play that right now and we talked about that being um, an amazing model for the rest of the children and they really listened to that and they really respected that mm. and kind of our approach because we haven't really talked about our approach yet so our approach we'll is that, that we kind of uh, we allow it we don't ban any type of play but we are always striving with as much support as children need to help children to be self-advocating. So um, practicing, I don't like it. Hand you know, up, stop, I don't yeah, like it. Yeah, stop it, I don't like it. Um, in, you know, really talking about these things. So if children are either, um, you know, bringing toy weapons or they're making toy weapons or whatever, um, and talking about like some, you know, this could be tricky for some people, like it being pointed in their face. You know, and some days it might be okay, and other days it might be not okay. And some minutes it might be okay, and minutes it might not yeah. be okay. And rather than banning it, 
yeah, helping children towards. to explain to one another, I'm not in a place right now. So and this what was a stronger a way than to model that that's true for us too, you know? Because this was in the Guardian article again, this this debate thing, um, and I'm, I'm I was disappointed it wasn't like it, this debate thing goes back and forth, and and so some of the points get lost because someone makes five points and someone responds three of them, but so so stuff got lost, and one of them was that. Um, should someone's one child's singular focus be allowed to intrude on everyone else's play? Um, and I was like, there's a real misstep in not addressing that, in that this idea that like allowing war play means it is like synonymous with zero input, zero scaffolding, anything goes, anarchistic, okay, Lord of the Flies do whatever. The, the people go, if you allow war play, what they hear is, I do absolutely nothing to stop bullying, domineering, all these things. And you're like, no, 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 these are, sep these are completely separate things. You can allow war play and still preserve autonomy, do this self-advocacy thing, you know, reject dominant, you know. Um, one of the ones you sent was a, um, an article from, a from the perspective of military families. Yes. And working through that thing of like, seeing one of the parents go off to, to war and this child packing up and the packing up including guns and everything else and they had some steps that you can do so yeah. the steps that they had I'll do them quickly yeah because they recognized that child's need they, for that to kind play of play it through but were understand. worried about the effect on the other children right so their steps were observe oh first of all rules oh I missed that one yeah the rules of no hurt, hurting or damaging things oh okay yeah so that's their like overarching yeah. thing um, observe uh, then specifically observe misconceptions and challenge if appropriate uh, that's in there, like, as a subheading. Challenge, yeah. if appropriate. And observe the tone, I, I read yeah. as well, because you might instinctively have this, like, oh, God, they're playing this game. This is awful. This is bad. Oh, my God. But if you really carefully observe the tone and the, the facial expressions and the, and the body language and the responses to the tone of the children who are instigating that play, yeah. is anyone actually upset? Yeah. Is anyone actually on the edge? Is anyone feeling threatened? If they're not, then actually you don't yeah. need to do anything right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, play along and then communicate with parents, which uh, I found really interesting. So, if I can just pick it through slowly. Observing, I don't think anybody doing forest school is gonna be new to the idea of observing. Mm. Fingers crossed we're all doing good observing. Um, and then actually what I wrote was, challenge misconceptions, and then I wrote, no, no, it's not. It's about observing misconceptions and challenging them if it's appropriate, yeah. because um, challenge, uh, challenging all misconceptions would just absolutely kill the play you'd yeah. be coming in actually the blood wouldn't come out like that your eyes would roll up when you're shot in the back of the head so if you could <laughs> come on mate that's anyway um playing along we kind of talked about us being lightning rods yeah. doing these things my phone's reminding me to eat i will eat later um and then parents but actually communicating with parents i thought was a really interesting one so they've got this thing and what i thought was because um I would say allowing war play and being like, not advocating for it, but being like this is acceptable is still in the realms of counterculture. So you have to acknowledge that most people will hear this thing and be like, oh, what are you doing? Hopefully most of the parents that choose to send their children to a forest school setting will understand a bit of the ethos that's going on. Mm -hmm. But I still think if you tried to communicate in a completely neutral way, like, hey, there's been some war play going on. Um, you know, they're doing this just as a feedback, you know, mm. people would hear your child, you know, like my child's involved in war play. Oh my God, they're, they're, they would hear the bully domineering, you know, 
intrusive or site. victim or victim whatever yeah. yeah so that like actually that is a skit con- conveying that to parents mm-hmm. confidently and, a, and and being like this is what's been happening and we're absolutely okay with it mm. and this is the scaffolding we've been putting in place and we're always watching this and like that's a huge part that I think ebbs and flows with needs right it doesn't always need it Gemma almost fell out of her hammock <laughs> she just just did a bit of wrinkling um, yes I picked up on that as well in that article about and it's it said communicate especially the positives yes you know so you could um, you know good to keep in touch and let parents know that this is happening and that could be something that we do more to be honest I think I've that's what that. I mean yeah. I took it on as like yeah yeah I think we do it but we could be better yeah yeah um, and to, yeah in terms of kind of going so we were playing this game and oh my gosh the problem solving that happened between these kids or mm. you know and it really it really it began in this way but it turned into this amazing hospital for wounded people like which happens all the time here right oh, like yeah. you know it kind of lots of uh, our groups like arrive with these kind of ideas and then it just slowly morphs into something you know as if you want to see a playing if you want to see a playing out of real world history there was a war the other day and then very quickly all the soldiers set up a hotel and i imagine if you went to some parts of france <laughs> yeah. you would find some places where gi's stayed and went i'm gonna set up a lovely little b&b <laughs> and that's exactly what happened these children went from like right we can war play yeah. and we're gonna do and then boom yeah. how many rooms would you like sir yeah, yes yeah, okay yeah, we'll come yeah. down for dinner you know like yeah, yeah. that's normal you know yeah. you know but you have to let that river run its course yeah absolutely um I noticed in the article in those steps as well about um, not stopping it abruptly. Yes, that's and really about important. that thing of you know being in any kind of play and being any kind of, no in in flow, the kind of tendrils of attention are out, and then some someone you know, and we've actually had this this week about like just breaks like oh, we need yeah, to eat yeah, yeah. and that the effect really of hard. going oh it is break time now we are going to sit down together and eat and then like kids go but I'm really in flow and I don't want to stop now it's really bloody hard but especially hard in those kind of heightened play scenarios like that where emotions can be running really high and for you to just walk in there and go no stop this is not okay Mm. is uh, potentially very damaging and like um, my own kids have kind of come back from school and told me that that's happened at playtime in their school um, about so they're not allowed to pretend that their hand is a gun they're not right. allowed to pretend that any... They've got a lot of loose parts in their playground. They're not allowed to pretend that any of those loose parts are weapons. Um, and they remember that enough, that interaction with that adult who's going, no, we're not, we're not allowed to do that, to come home and tell me about it and go, you know, it's not fair, but, you know, why are they saying... You know, why? Why? Why are they doing... Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand what, why. What is the problem? It's my hand. I can't actually shoot someone with my hand. Why are they saying it's not allowed? Um, so I thought that was interesting, but also about like calling intermissions and calling breaks to kind of, uh, as a group, kind of solve any problems that are coming up, which is something we do a lot, right? Mm. To go, hang on a minute, so and so is looking a little bit upset, or is everyone still feeling okay about this? If not, are there any rules that we want to put into place? Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. It sometimes makes me feel a little bit like if it, if the power play in that sort of tribalism raiding type play it's like a metronome swinging backwards and forwards we've got some power they've got some power we've got some power we've got some power and then if you abruptly stop it 
it's like you've stopped the pendulum on one side very hard and the other side can feel this real strong sense of like if a bit like ending any sort of sports game if we just had five more minutes we'd have got an extra goal in the 90th yeah. minute if we just it's not fair to stop it now yeah, you're yeah, stopping yeah. it now because we're losing is it yeah like uh, th yeah. those feelings are huge yeah versus going okay let's just cause a pause it's not a finish and then ding 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 and the pendulum comes back to a place where eventually they're setting up a hotel together um that speaks yeah. french and german and exactly. english all together um um, can I just pick up on that military families thing just very quickly? Yes, again? please do. Because we need to, as practitioners, be really uh, kind of on it with that because we don't know everything about every child's family. We don't know everything about every child's extended family, their experiences, their family's experiences, which could have effects one way or the other. Like in the example of the boy in the article who, you know, very close family experience and needed to play that out. Yeah. You might have children who have really close family um, experience with that and therefore it is really triggering and they need to be away from it. Um, I don't think we've ever had anybody like that. I would say probably the opposite in terms of like needing to play out things that yeah. have been scary. Well, one of the notes I made was um, escapism versus play therapy. Yeah. And that being like, yeah, that's yeah. something as a with your practitioner hat on, you need to be observing and go, do, do we need a safe space from this or do we need to go into this and mm -hmm. I think that's where this dual what's the word it's not dualism dualism I know what you mean oh my hammock slipped um god my stomach went then um actually what it might be is a safe space from being dominated from being invaded from being whatever but it might not necessarily you know like Again, it's that thing of like zero tolerance means you don't dig into this at all. Mm. Dig, allowing it means you've got to then engage at this level of going, OK, they actually do need this this bit of the war play, the prep mm. bit, mm. but they don't need the like attacking bit. OK, so what they need is a space that's safe in these ways, bum, 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 bum. And they need a space that's open in these ways, bum, 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 bum. Mm. And like that is a that is a tricky thing to work out. And like it is and I was trying to reflect so my dad was in the army um, and I can still really clearly remember when the Gulf War started so he wasn't in the army at this point he'd recently left right. and so I can remember him telling me as we were listening to the news that there could be a chance that he could Get be cool. invited right. to serve again and I can remember how I felt about that and I'm trying to now think if I was at Forest School or a place where I had hours of uninterrupted free play would I have wanted to engage in that kind of topic of war play or would I be like I don't want to talk about it it's going to make me upset mm. and obviously you can't really know you mm. can't go okay what would I have thought at that time but I think I would have wanted to have had the space to explore it and talk mm. about it and and with other adults you know as well in terms of yeah and I think it comes, but I think I do think it comes back to that self-advocacy, ownership thing of like, you need a robust community ethos of like, you can opt in and out of stuff, and you can't make people play a certain game in order to stop the domineering aspects of it. it needs to be like, mm. it's okay that other people are playing that game because I've got a safe. Where I, you know, if I want to drop out, I can go do some weaving. If I want to go yeah, regulate on the swings, definitely. I can regulate on the swings. But yeah. quite often 
forest school is taking place in less than the space we've got here. So I can imagine on us, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm trying to look at all these different options. And if you're in, you know, we've run forest school in some, you know, 10 meter by 10 meter square, in air quotes, nature garden in the back of a school. Yeah. And actually somebody doing war play up and down is so intrusive over the whole space that you have to work out like, okay, the, sp the space for war play can't be the whole forest school. Yeah. Does it need, so that these people have got a safe space, so that this thing's got, so that there's a, a bench, that you know, like a, yeah. in the sports game, like do you, somewhere you can take a bench and go, and yeah. use five and minutes. And again, that kind of stuff can be so collaborative with the kids, can't it? You c it can be a conversation about, yeah. hey, hang on, I'm really sorry to interrupt you, but can I stop you for one second? I notice you've got a real need to like run around and you're playing this game and I can see you guys really need to play that right now. I'm just worried that if you see these people who are t making this art picture on the floor, mm -hmm. that it's getting ruined when it, when people run over it. Yeah. What can we do? You know. Yeah. And then often kids will. No, I've never had a kid go so. I don't care. Like I've never ever had no. that. I've had kids go. No. Like and sometimes they can't solve the problem and they need you to go. Okay, well, how, we could do this. What do you think about that? Yeah, and yeah. give them a solution. Um, but they they usually will be respectful. It's just that they haven't they yeah. literally haven't noticed, and you mm. you're just going. I've noticed this, and I'm concerned about it. And also, that's that um, uh, punishment and reward thing of like the reason that you the reason that you're doing it is the emotional safety of another person, and you voice that and go. I see this person looking upset. I mm. see them saying they're worried about. I hear them saying they're worried about this, rather than it being like, no, no. Remember, the rule is that. War, war play doesn't happen. Or remember, the rule is that guns go over there. Mm. Like, deepening oh, that literally. understanding yeah. uh, then yeah. allows them to sort of self-regulate. Mm. Um, I found it interesting, uh, there you, an article from Peter Gray, mm. uh, a blog, a piece by Peter Gray. Oh, and after I'd done the today. Peter Gray communion, um, just bowed down a few times, done five rosaries of uh, play, um, he's talking about play in the Holocaust and play in the concentration camps, which is like, oh, yeah. Um, so play in the concentration camps had games such as glue Jews and the Gestapo men in which the Jews overpower the Gestapo men, take their guns and kill them. You want to talk about children playing out, you know, the horrors of the world? That's what they're doing. One of them was... Um, a survival game where someone was blindfolded, uh, slapped by one other child, and then they take the blindfold off and they have to work out who slapped them. And the description is slapped very hard across the face. Uh, and then underneath that it talks about like the necessity to lie to survive in these concentration camps meant that this is a way of playing through, you know, an inspection by a guard. And, you know, like this is a safe way of learning a thing. Um, and that is replicated in uh, Educated by Nature's post about it, war play being a safe way to learn yeah. these predator-prey instincts that, um, you know, like you were saying, people have less issue with the swords and, the, and everything else, but the guns are very different. And, like, it's just that that's the world we live in. That's what war looks well, like now. But this is, this is the safe, thing. safe learning. Exactly. And... If you find it triggering as an adult, we've already talked about that. If you find it because it's too close to your own experience of life. So yeah. I talked in another episode in the podcast about... All your own values. Like you might have a yes. thing that's like, my fingerprint need for fairness is so strong I yes. can't watch it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It yeah. doesn't have to be like, because my family did yeah. that, like it might just be innate. Yeah. But yeah. 
but you can't deny that that is happening in the world and therefore play as children's way of making sense of the world in which they live in yeah. they want to explore it like how is it our right to stop them to do stop them doing that you know mm. and we talked about giving all the support the scaffold not just going yeah okay go yeah, for it whatever I don't look yeah. you know you can't because I am a pacifist, you know, and my kids will take the absolute mickey out of me for wearing a white <laughs> poppy on Remembrance Day and just being opposed to war at all costs. But that does, but for me, that does not have anything to do with my attitude and opinion towards children playing war. Mm. It's just, it's like a completely different thing because it's a little, and it kind of reminds me reading these articles and that exact that same point about like children play through the realities in which they live. Yeah, and. As lo- you know, we might watch that and, and wince and go, Jesus, I wish they weren't playing that game. But they are because that's the reality they're in. And in the same way as if if I had been when my you know the Gulf War was happening and I had been engaging in some war play, and an adult had come along and gone, No, stop it! War is wrong. You are not playing at soldiers. War is wrong. And I'm going, But my dad. Mm. was a soldier like what are you saying then about my dad you know mm. you're saying that his existence is wrong that his way of making money is wrong? like you know so there's that and there's also just this is what I see on the news this is what's it's around me it's a holistic me. principle isn't it yeah bringing in parts of your life yeah and so I've talked I think on another episode of the podcast about when I worked in East London in a cinema doing um, like arts education and we made a film a short film with some young people um, and then screened it in the cinema mm-hmm. and um, and it was a real learning experience for me because um, so the the filmmaking was led by some filmmakers who'd done this workshop lots of times with lots of different children all over yeah. the place. so I wasn't kind of I was sort of assisting but they were leading it. and they brought yeah. loads of props including you know those like space gun type thing like neon see-through plastic and oh, then it makes sparks LEDs and, oh. no not LEDs like it's like got like a little flint and steel type thing in oh, it okay. shung, 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 like that um, so they had some of those and it was like alien invasion of the cinema Right. And, so, and then there were like superheroes and aliens and that kind of thing and it was hilarious and yeah. they loved it anyway um, but I after the screening then had a parent come up to me very very upset and saying I just don't understand how this can have happened do you not understand that on the estate literally around the corner from the cinema mm. where we live a gun was found in the grass last week by a child could have been awful you know and here we are at the cinema, and our kids are supposed to have had this lovely experience watching them playing with guns, you know, this is really... And she was very, very upset. Mm-hmm. And, and that hadn't even crossed my mind, which obviously, you know, that's my... Ba- it should have crossed my mind, or I should have engaged. thought about yeah. it, engaged yeah. with it, maybe found out a bit more about the workshop providers in the beginning. Anyway. That you don't I know thought, when you don't know. No, you that's don't the know thing. when you don't know. But um, I just, yeah, it's like, how do you... Because you are, that's because that's another thing, another side to this whole, like, it's all well and good. We as forest school practitioners, we go, okay, this is our approach to war play. But how do you respond if you get a parent who's like, no, not going for it? How do you, because that is all about their, their feelings, their life experience, their values, you know? Mm. It is challenging. And I'm sure we've all come across these kind of yeah. moments. Or your co-worker, you know, it's just like, I just can't. I just can't agree. The the value, the because that's what was um, in one of the um, in the debate article. 
this one of the practitioners was going, well, no, we as adults have a duty to instill values in children. Yes. And yeah. we have to, from birth, you know, go like, violence is never acceptable. War is never the answer. It is not tolerated. And, and we need to instill this. And they need a consistent message at work. At, the, no, at school, sorry, at down the mines setting, when they're working, down the mines, the factory, <laughs> yeah. um, and at home, and it's really confusing for them if parents are going, no, war is not acceptable. We're not allowed to play with guns, mm. but they go to nursery and it's okay. Yes, and I think in that same point, in that same paragraph, like response, was um, this idea that violence in media is synonymous with success in one way or another. Um, that like, e and this is where going back right back to the start where you were talking about it being lumped with superhero play, is this idea that like, the trump of evil violence is greater violence on the side of good. The bigger guy does the bigger punches. The thingy guy, you know, like there's still, you know, even like if you take that uh, <laughs> the alignment charts like lawful good, lawful evil, mm. lawful whatever, like, you know, lawful good is still uh, achieved through violence. Mm. It's just violence toward bad guy, which is righteous violence, which is lawful, but you know. Yeah. Um, which if you want to get into the police system, we can talk all about the fact that, anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, how about the government is the only one that licenses itself to use violence? How about that? How about, should we talk about that? Anyway, um, uh, no one else is allowed to use violence, but anyway, <laughs> shitting hell. Um, I then oh, thought... Yeah, sorry, I've got to say, but you okay, carry on. Okay, but what I got to was... Um, so there's one child who I know very well because he lives in my house, and his whole take on um, strength and power and, like, his role at the moment is about protection. Mm. And he... You know, it probably comes from a mix of he sees me go to the gym multiple times a week and we talk about being strong and we talk about you know, using our muscles and stuff, and he is always like, I'm the strongest, so I have to protect people. Mm. Which I'm not sure whether I've ever overtly said, like, that is why I want to be strong. Mm. But it kind of is, like, there's something about being righteously strong, but not through violence. Like, uh, like, like the, the, the ability to be strong through protection is still part of war play. Mm. Like, protecting the castle, protecting the princess protecting the stuff is you know um i don't know whether that makes it better or worse but then i wondered whether something you said a minute ago you said i can't watch that because i don't agree with it not you saying this mm. you were you would say and i was like well how much of what happens in the community do i have to agree with which like is there a difference between Agre agreeing with an understanding. So I might, I don't know, I'm, I'm getting somewhere which is like, if this is a community and we're trying wherever possible to remove our high status garbs, you know, to go, okay, this is somewhere we can be more sociocratic. This is somewhere where we can be more equal then does it matter? Like, if you take the child-led bit of it, I might think that the best thing for someone's physical and emotional health right now is to sit and do some weaving. 
if they won't do weaving, do I have to then go, well, I don't agree that you should be doing running. I, I, but I think you should be doing this. This is what's best for you. So I'm going to enforce that. Um, I've gone really waffly now. <laughs> but do you, I, there's... An extra side of waffles. An extra... I side. think, well, there are definitely times, aren't there, where we would put the brakes on if we are really concerned about somebody's safety. So, you know, yeah, someone yeah, yeah, really, yeah. really wants to do something and you're like, oh, I kind of think maybe the opposite of that. But they're not biting. And sometimes you do just have to get... Instead, I just, I can't let you do that right now. Yeah. I'm really sorry. But I can't let you because the consequences are physical or emotional. Yeah. To uh, themselves or others. To themselves or others or to the, to, you know, the woods environment and all this stuff. But, like, if it doesn't tick any of those boxes... I just don't like, you know, I just don't like it. Mm. Um, do we have a right to stop that? Only if it is, effect, you know, it, only if you're including yourself as a member of the group and it's really upsetting you, you know, as we talked about before, in yeah. terms of you don't have another person to go in and second voice that and, and step up while you take a moment. It's just you. And right now, like like the same as um, uh, those occasional moments where you just go, hang on a minute. I've got these people whittling. That thing's happening over there. I just feel a little bit overwhelmed. I need, I'm really sorry, guys. I know you're all in flow, but I just need you to put the knives down for a minute because mm. I am distracted or I am a bit tired. And do you know what I mean? Those moments yeah. which feel really yucky because you're like, there isn't actually a good reason apart from my own internal reasons. But that is a good reason. And I am imposing yeah. it on you. But it is, at the end of the day, about the safety of the other people because of your inability to cope with it. Because at the end of the day, even though you're trying to get rid of a social hierarchy, it's in many ways, you, you can't. Not and all the time. No, no, no. no. I'm not but, saying No, but that like, yeah. didactic, authoritarian, top-down, we're doing what I see yeah. all the time. Um, but at the end of the day, we are the ones with the experience and the responsibility to look after everybody. So even if it's not like somebody is immediately going to get emotionally hurt or physically hurt, if we feel like we're not in the place to do that, I think we, have the, we definitely have the right to stop it if we mm. feel like you know, in that extreme way. Yeah. I wanted to bring up about like that thing of instilling values and going, oh, war is never right and we must teach all children this from birth and then the idea is that they'll grow up to be a generation where, you know, war won't exist or whatever. Mm. It's all well and good, but it kind of feels to me a little bit like the whole, like a lot of adults approach to talking about climate change with children. And I've talked about that before in terms of, or, or there's climate change and, um, and healthy eating. So the way that that's kind of taught in a lot of places is very like uh, guilt trippy, worrying, you know, you need to do this, this This is wrong, this is right, you need to learn about this because this is flipping important. They're flipping children, like how much control do they have right now? Like zero over Mm. climate change. They really don't, like, and yes, give people hope, like educate and give hope and make them feel like they can do things and they have power, otherwise it is overwhelming and awful. But to kind of instill that real, like, you are responsible to sort this out. It's like, actually, they're not right now. We are the ones with the control. We're the generation with control. So how dare we go, you, we're educating you about this issue so that you can sort it out. How about sort it out now? Like, because you're the adult. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? And I feel like that's a a cop out and an extra huge burden for them to just go. Or is it, well, okay, so count, just devil's advocate here is it counter is it um cop out i can see that point of view i can see it or is it 
are p leaders now taking on this just who is the leader feeling a lack of uh, power and control in their own life because war exists and they're unhappy with it and going, okay, the my forest school do. is my world, yeah. therefore in this tiny microcosm I do have power to stop it now, so shouldn't I stop it now if I can? I can are actually you see that point of view. Yes. Yes, as can I. It's just the, the risk there is the benevolent dictator, mm. which is like, if I, you know, that trope, like, if I had power to stop all the war, then that would be, fu that's fucking Star Wars, mate, right? Mm. The whole plot of Star Wars is if we just run everything, there won't be any war because no one will fight because we'll be in charge. And, like, again, uh, uh, is our role to develop holistic understanding, which sometimes involves safe engagement in role play? Yeah. Or is our role to shield and... Like, I'm just... I'm, yeah, I'm throwing yeah, yeah, both yeah. things. I'm not saying one's well, right. Well, this kind of ties into a little bit what I was saying about, like, my my extreme pacifist views contrasted with my acceptance of war play yeah. in the woods because you can view it as a completely different thing. You can view war play not as an advocacy for war. Mm. You can view it as... Uh, playing through lived experience, whether that be just from the media, at the, especially at the moment with uh, Russia and Ukraine, yeah. or from home life, domestic situations. Or in the epigenetic stuff of, you know, the trauma yep. in your body. Yep, so playing through and and trying to uh, understand the world as it is, which you cannot deny is a certain way for that mm -hmm. child. And you could also view it as, yes, it might have a kind of topic plonked on it of war, but if you look at a bit like we've been talking about through this whole podcast, yeah. what is actually happening minute to minute? Is it a mate like regulating really passionate emotions and practicing that in a really safe way in a place with lots of support? Is it learning to collaborate with each other and communicate plans mm. and you know for um, forward planning and all this kind of thing? Is it like forgiveness and compromise and compassion and learning about wh how it feels to protect other people and all of those holistic skills w which are just human? Well, and when else do you get to... It's got to be something high stakes and passionate in order to practice those You're things. right. And you've said the word skills there, which I want to, like, jump on, um, which is, like... That if you think of if we think of war players like a, cont a container that has those things in it, and if we can take out the domineering bit, we can take out the other things. Then actually, this is a play container which has it's all a these crucible of awesomeness. Right, which um, if we look at um, like from a neurodiversity angle, neurodiverse children that may be playing, um, someone who is hyper vigilant through whatever their neurodevelopment means that they have hypervigilance. Um, playing a war game could be a look, could be a scenario where you've just hyped it way too far and you've put this on and you've gone, okay, you're already hypervigilant, let's make you worried about war. Which obviously as a practitioner, you're looking at this and you're going, what's the emotional response? But there is a chance that playing through war gives that person an opportunity to go Actually, my skill set and the way my brain works is so good here. I can spot somebody rustling through the trees. I can see this thing. I can plan. I can, uh, you know, improvise on the spot. Um, uh, all those things that come with, like, 
um, that type of a neurodiverse yeah, brain, yeah, neurodivergent absolutely. brain, sorry, that, that, that means that like your skill set works really well there. Mm. And, um, and, and even something like if, if you struggle day to day with like demand avoidance, being powerful, you know, playing through this thing of like, I will not give in, mm. I will not surrender. And like in a safe space, mm. you are exercising that need for avoiding demand. You know, you can't take this, you can't take that mm. thing. And like, you know, is there an angle where for some children that crucible is a space where their talents shine mm. um, and, and, you know, may gain social kudos or maybe see, you know, we talk all the time about um, children coming out to a forest school setting and teachers who normally have them in the classroom seeing them in a different light and going, oh, they're bouncing off the walls in the classroom, I think, what's it saying? You get them in the forest and they're a different person. And like, we quite often see that in like a context dependent way of like, oh, they love, like, it all goes a bit Enid Blyton, oh, they can't sit still in the class, but they love climbing trees or they love it. If you're like, they are a shit hot watchman. Mm -hmm. They love standing up there, calling out what's mm -hmm. going on. Like, that's important too, no? That's, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and the, yeah, the type of communication that it, requires and the type of listening that it requires and the teamwork and all those things and I do think as I just said that you might go oh, yeah 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 but you can do those things without it being war but can you can you really do those things without like a, a really healthy dollop of like big emotions a feeling of a bit like that kind of work play that we talk about that stress mm -hmm. you know it's like yeah. stressful play you can't and, and a lot of you know if you were going to outright ban war play, would you have to ban loads of the wide games that we, as forest school practitioners, we're playing all the time and advocate yeah. for? You know, yeah, all yeah. of those kind of like, okay, we're you know, capture the flag. I mean, that is a bloody war game, yeah. isn't it? Or even you talk about something like, uh, you know, because if if you're looking at it as like, war play is the clothes, war is the clothes that all this play is wearing. If you take the costume off and go like, is stuck in the mud tribalistic dominating and like highlighting physical skills of one person or, or a group of people over another absolutely fucking lutely yeah. it is right yeah. but somehow without the clothing of war play mm. we're okay with it mm. or like is hide and seek any different to like you know like you just put the clothes on it you're yeah, seeking yeah, out yeah. you know we're hi Anne yeah. Frank we're playing Anne Frank we're hiding from yeah. these people like yeah. right suddenly we play hide and seek yeah. And it's and it's yeah, a different yeah. game. And like yeah. I think it's one of the skills maybe we need to develop as leaders is that it, it's like that peeling away skill of going, okay, the surface thing is running a hotel. Peel, peel, peel. Oh, okay, this is about working as a team. This is about taking orders. This is about uh, you know, serving someone else and making them feel good. This is about financial exchange. This, this is, is about, about creativity and designing about, a you know a dish. Yeah. And we're really good at doing that with um, low stress play. We're I, yeah. I don't think the community as a whole has an issue with going, oh, when they're playing, you know, and that's the thing, oh, when mm. they do mud, they're doing maths, they're doing literacy, mm. they're doing this, they're learning about each other. Oh my God, I love playing like yeah. hotel, I love playing shops, and we're like, cool. 
when they play what we don't play what? Shit. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, well, I mean, there's stuff under there, isn't there, that's useful. Is it the worst thing in the world if they go and work in a hotel? Well, I don't know. Mm. Does, it, you know does it mean everyone who plays hotel is going to work in a hotel? Does it mean everyone who plays zookeepers and lives in the, you know, and pretends to be a fox and needs feeding and mm. needs, are they? And you know. if you are, even if you are kind of going for that end goal of uh, no more war, yeah. what better way to, you know, it's all very well, like you don't really learn from someone going, it's just wrong and we don't do it. You learn from knowing how it feels to be on both ends of it, you know, learning what it feels like to be wronged, to have your stuff from your den stolen. And I worked so hard for that and now my home is trashed. Mm. How dare you do that? What can we do? How can we repair this situation? This feels really, really strong for me because I invested all this time and energy and teamwork in building this beautiful den and they've just stolen part of the roof. Yeah. But also, how does it feel to be the person who's stolen the roof and trashed that den and, and then seeing the emotional that, yeah. response? To, yeah, a bit like the episode we talked about um, pulling legs off spiders. Yeah. You know, is there something in there which actually, but the more opportunity children have to engage in that kind of play without judgment, with help, with support, but without like a stamp of approval, disapproval, judgment, no, yes, whatever. Um, the more they have that opportunity, the more likely it is that they're going to grow up to be really responsible, empathetic citizens of the world. Mm. I mean, I'm pretty convinced. And I think these articles have really helped to kind of, I don't know, pull out certain threads. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the time you can kind of go, well, I, yeah, you know, yeah, we do this. Yeah. And we are reflective. We do talk loads about it. But to be able to go, rather than just, oh, it's my believies, it's just what I think, to go, well, It's my little believies. It's my believies. Um, yeah. Yes, I agree. Um, I agree in that it's the answer is basically it's a complex beast and it's not a one mm. size fits all. And you know, I think um, with any stuff like this, there is the danger that what people not the danger, the risk is what people hear is you should do what X does or you should see this setting. You should because that's what education blog articles end up being like a lot of the time is like here's a school in Denmark that did this thing at break time so you should do exactly that like actually no everyone listening to this hopefully is a competent practitioner to some degree you know what your children need you know what your learners need I think the the only thing to do going forwards is that I would just encourage people to like engage with it not to like because hiding from it just going no we don't do it no I, I think it's bad like cool and but maybe, let's have an interesting yeah, conversation with, about that definitely engage with it and maybe if there is a rule in your school and you're beginning to kind of bat up against it a little bit like if you're working in a school setting mm. um yeah is there a conversation to be to be had there maybe armed mm. with a bit of research maybe we should put the links to these articles oh i definitely will yeah. yeah yeah so people notes. can read them properly um, and if anyone wants to engage in this debate further and has found something cool that you think that the community would benefit from then uh Drop us a line. Yeah, get yeah. in the comments or do whatever. Yeah. Join us in six months when we've changed our mind completely. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.